Hi and welcome to episode 47 of the This Is Reportage podcast. My name is Alan Law, I'm the founder of This Is Reportage and This Is Reportage family and I'm a photographer too. It was a real pleasure to chat to the fab Adam Riley today. Adam was ranked 14th worldwide on our top photographers of 2019 list and has won an amazing haul of eight reportage awards and seven story awards. He's a lovely guy as well, I really enjoyed talking to him. Adam shares so much with us today, all in a very relaxed and entertaining way too, including how he went from forensic scientist to wedding photographer, why street photography has had such an impact on his work, the story behind one of his specific reportage awards, Netflix recommendations, family photography, why a conversation over a game of FIFA changed his life, and much, much more. Hey Adam, how you doing? Hey, good man, how are you? I'm yeah, I'm fine. All good, all good. How's things with you up in uh, sunny? You're near Manchester, are you? Yeah, just south of Manchester. Um, good, it's good. The kids have been back at school, so I've actually enjoyed getting back into the swing of things. Uh, uh, yeah. I can... How have you been finding these last few months in general? I know. I've, I don't want to start on such a negative thing, but <laughs> I guess you've been seeing the kids a lot more though, and stuff. Yeah, right? yeah. I've, I've enjoyed. I have enjoyed it actually. I've. You know, it's the first time, and it's the only time we've been quite aware that we're probably going to spend together as a family such a long period of time. Because Laura, my wife, works from home, I work from home, but then the our oldest is usually at school. And we, we enjoyed it, especially at the beginning when it was sunny. We just played in the garden, drank Prosecco. Oh, I, nice. built, I built some decking. <laughs> Um, sort of the garden. Oh, wow, there. really? You're a proper yeah. man. You built decking. How on earth <laughs> did really. you do that? I, I like a bit of DIY. I keep myself busy. So, um, luckily, last year I, I redid the garden quite a lot. So, we've got a little bit of lawn to play on and stuff. And it was good fun. And it's it, once the schoolwork started, it, it became a bit of a battle. Um, mm. Just trying to get, you know, you'll know, just trying to get schoolwork done with a six year old was just a face off between me and him, which he mainly won. <laughs> we've have got a lot more respect for their teachers though now haven't you it's like yeah definitely although I do, I do think they just play up for for us and not like angels for the teachers or mine is anyway yeah probably uh, i know some some people who are teachers and said teaching their own has been a nightmare uh, teaching other people's isn't too bad uh, okay yeah I, that makes sense. your teacher and how have you found it how has it been obviously it's not a good time to be in the wedding industry how have you personally found it you know well, it's been it's been tricky. Like the first few weeks, I was probably like everyone else in a bit of panic mode, checking BBC News constantly, like rolling on the tally to try and find out what was going on. And I think I shot my last wedding maybe two or three weeks before lockdown, and then everything since has been cancelled. Um, and it's just the stress of moving them over to next year. And mm. I was I was generally more worried about the, my my couples feeling comfortable than me. I thought I'll, I'll I'll be okay. Um, so we managed. I managed to get nearly everything moved over to next year by one. Um, my last. I did do a, a wedding like a month ago with just the bride and the groom, both oh, cool. parents. Um, what was that like? Was, it was. It was interesting. Like everyone had to come in and stand on their own spots. Um, <laughs> it was just a ceremony that I shot because I'm right. shooting their actual wedding. Well, it was supposed to be in November, but that's been pushed back again to next year. Um, but I quite liked it. It was quite interesting to get uh, everyone in their masks and and just showing that ceremony where it's it's not, not intimate, even though there's only that many people. Everyone's spaced really far out across That's the surreal. room. 
That must have felt felt surreal to photograph as well. Must be, but yes, yeah, so it's a good thing, like a sign of the times, to capture, I guess, and document. Yeah, um, I I shot a christening a couple of weeks ago, and that was the same. It was a wedding full of everybody in masks and this little baby without a mask on, being christened, and and the, it was a a former bride and groom of mine who had had a little little girl, and they said exactly that they wanted to document that time, and I enjoyed I enjoyed shooting that. That was and that was that felt like really different. Uh, that's cool man it's cool we've done a bit of shooting then so i i shot a wedding in january i've not shot anything since really <laughs> yeah it's mad well, isn't it during lockdown i went crazy shooting the kids i um i sort of did a blog post every week of oh, what's up idea. to and what we were doing and it made me shoot a lot and it made me think about compositions even in my own house a little bit differently and seeing seeing images that i'd never seen before and using doorways to frame and reflections and and, and mm-hmm. And it's quite interesting looking at your own house in that way, which I'd never really done before. Oh, uh, that's a good idea. Yeah, you know, I don't. Do you, do, do you normally like outside of this COVID time? Do you pick up the camera much in, in your house? You know, like a normal. Yeah, yeah, not as much as I did. I've usually got a like my work cameras stay in a stay in a cupboard in the office, but I've got like my street sort of camera, which is just always on the side, and I do pick it up or on my phone and have it with me a lot. Um, but I made a conscious a conscious effort to be shooting every day and at the end of the week I would edit them shots down to maybe 20 images but trying to make them interesting frames as well as just pictures of them playing in the pool pool you got a pool not the pool the paddling pool (laughs) 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 I'm not there yet oh wow that's awesome No, but I think that's such a good idea. I need to pick it up more just day to day, keeping you in the whole swing of things as well. Yeah. Um, I think trying to get shots where they're not smiling, they're not happy. They're, like some of my favourite shots from there were, were where I was arguing with my little boy about doing his homework and, uh, and, and, and just the tension that was there as well as everything else. And, and that's why I did it, really. That's cool. You photographing those moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah everything. Like I, I'm, when, when my kids are on a tantrum, I'm ready to take a picture of them and like, uh, it's part of it's part of them growing up and we, I've got a, a nice picture I took a, a year or so ago of my little boy like just crying his eyes out by the washing machine because we're, we're cleaning his teddy and he's just trying to open the washing machine door and screaming and the teddy's whizzing round and um, they're the pictures I like. Oh that's cool it's real life isn't it that's real yeah. life it's awesome yeah. um, and uh, whilst we're talking about it yeah you do family photography as well don't you as well as weddings and streets and stuff so yeah, yeah. How you have you been able to do any kind of family stuff during this time? I've got a shoot next week. That's my first proper shoot, other than the Christian that I did. I've, I've right. booked quite a few in, so a lot oh, of people cool. have, have basically paid me for sessions. But we've said when when everyone's a little bit more comfortable with me coming into their house, that I'm going to shoot them. I, I was I'm going to start looking into it to be honest. In autumn, that's been my plan cool. um, because the way I shoot is very much hands off with my my portrait stuff. It's I don't really set anything up at all. I just let them eat dinner, get them crying shots, get the fun shots. And I sort of need to be in the house. It's not a case of going mm. to the park and, you know, throwing them around for a little bit. That's cool. How long have you been doing the family stuff as well? Well, well I started off doing families before weddings. That's oh, how I started shooting. I, I took some pictures of my nieces and nephews and then I was doing doing portraits. And they, they were, even then they were still quite um, unposed. And then they just completely went to the wayside when weddings took over. And since having kids, really, just couples that I've shot weddings for would sometimes ask me, do I shoot portraits? And I never advertised it in any way. Right. And then last year or so, I 
I, I've built a second website for my portraits and I've, I've started to do a, a few more generally for ex-wedding clients, but I, mm-hmm. in the future I see myself shooting a few less weddings, a few more portraits and giving myself some weekends free. That sounds good, doesn't it? It does sound good. And I think, I mean, this COVID time has shown us the importance of kind of diversification in general, really, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. important. Yeah, I've shot a couple of commercial jobs the last few months. and I've, I've, that's Oh, cool. Easy work, easy money. Is it? Yeah, I've never done any commercial stuff. Is it what, what kind of stuff will you do? Is it like product uh, stuff or people well, stuff? Well, no, well, they found me via my street photography work. And um, I work a lot with a marketing agency up in Lancashire. But they, I did a, quite a big job for a housing association in Manchester. And they wanted, basically wanted some street photography for Manchester to put up artwork in their new huge um, building. So I That's basically... Perfect for you, isn't it? Yeah, perfect. Yeah. What a gig for you. <laughs> But well, I start I started the project probably January, and then it just halted, obviously through lockdown. But I've just, it just finished. I went to the uh, I went to see it last week, and the, I've never seen my images so big. Like they like made wallpaper out of some of them, like huge oh, images. Wow. That's water. cool. That must be cool to see. Yeah, yeah, it was good. So I enjoyed that, and I'm, I've got a couple more of them in the pipeline. Um, so yeah, it's like midweek, easy. Kids are at school. I can go and do that. So I enjoyed it. That sounds good. Does sound good. Um, I want to start with something though as well. And I say start. We've been talking for a while already, but yeah, <laughs> I want I read that you used to be um, a forensic scientist, which is exciting, man. That's cool. I mean, it's quite <laughs> different. It's quite different to wedding photography or family photography as well. Yeah. So can you can you tell us a bit about that? You know how you how you got into being a forensic scientist, and then how you got into you know being a full time photographer. Yeah. So. Um, I never had any aspirations to be a photographer or anything like that. I, I just basically, as a kid, I just wanted to be a footballer, and that was probably about it. I oh, never right, okay. Past what it. team? What what team? Um, I'm United. Man United. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a Man City fan. Oh really? No, I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm, not. <laughs> I'm actually a Birmingham City fan for my city. So. <laughs> so I've never met a Man City fan from Cornwall before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I lived in Manchester for a while though. Actually. Did you? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but sorry, you go on. Go on. Go on. Um, so yes, and I was doing a degree in sports science at uni, and um, and one day I just looked in the paper and I, I literally just saw a job for forensic scientist. I thought that sounds cool and applied for it. <laughs> and um, I used to be into all like these forensic TV shows where it was like showing you how they solved crimes and stuff on the Discovery Channel. I mean, when I'm did like, you put that on your CV then? Was that your CV that I? Like? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I watched all of CSI. <laughs> <laughs> it was before CSI actually, and. Um, I basically read up about all the different evidence types. I knew a lot about it, and I, I just blagged my science like college degree, and and out of like lo- loads of people, I managed to get a job. Um, and I my job was initially looking at items of clothing for fragments of glass. All right. Okay. And then you would compare the refractive index, so how light bends through the glass fragments versus the window that they broke, and then you could say whether it was that they hadn't, you know, that that definitely wasn't the same window or there was a, a certain probability it was the same window. Wow, that's really interesting. That's very specialised. Is that like a niche within, like, forensic then? Yeah, yeah, I suppose it is. But, but I started, they are in the, the forensics area, there's different evidence types, glasses, one. So I, I started on one, then I worked my, I, I would learn some more. So things like blood, I would look at weapons and guns and stuff and, and try and swab them for DNA or try and find hairs or blood on them and then you wow. send them up to be sampled and uh gosh were you actually going out to crime scenes themselves or were you kind of like working more in kind of lab and stuff? I was I was purely in the lab they did do that where I worked but I never got I never I sort of moved over to digital forensics before that time so I 
started examining mobile phones for data, um, right. data, which was Nokia 3310s <laughs> with a few text messages on when I first started. <laughs> yeah, it must be a bit different now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was literally typing out text messages sometimes. Um, and I'd see some dodgy text messages between these um, right. accused drug dealers and stuff. Um, it must have been such a int- it, was, it must have been such an interesting job. It was, it was a lot more officey than you would you would imagine. It was nothing like CSI. It's it was good laugh. I met my wife there. Uh, met oh, really? Cool. There was she doing the same job? Yeah, or? yeah. We both started on the same day at the same place. Like there's oh, wow. That's intake cool. of a few of us, and she left after a year or so and went traveling and stuff. And right. but yeah, we uh, that, that so it was quite an important place for that. And then we. Our government and its wisdom here in the UK decided to privatise forensic science. Um, so I, got, I, I knew for about a year I was going to be made redundant and I was doing a few portraits and stuff. So I started ramping that up and then my mate asked me if I would shoot his wedding, which had never crossed my mind. I, I remember we were, like, we were at his house playing FIFA. <laughs> and, uh, he was like, do you want to shoot my wedding? Because I don't know if he's going to have a photographer. Um, and I was like, okay. And he, I shot his wedding, and a few years later, he plastered my house as payment. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. paid <laughs> so quite a decent wage, really. Um, and what was that first wedding like? Do you remember it? Um, there were probably a couple of images I would still be prepared to maybe show. Oh, wow, um, that's cool. It, it was well, you've quite... got to do it now. You said it now, man. You're going to include it in the post. <laughs> <laughs> it was their 10-year anniversary um, early on this year, and I, I very nearly did did post something, but I, I didn't get around to it. And I, I maybe I will. And, and most of what I did was just pure documentary, but I, I only shot until the wedding reception. Then I started having a few drinks myself, and then I didn't really shoot anything in the evening because I was probably drunk and dancing around <laughs> the dance floor. Okay, that's cool. Mate. It just snowballed from there, really. Like, and a year later, I was made redundant. I, we travelled around the world for a few months, and then I just shot weddings. Wow, that's cool. That's great. Um, ten years ago, then your first one was, was it? Yeah, it was ten years. It would have been in May. Um, it was my wow. first wedding, and then I went full time the next um, the next March, I think it was. That's good going. I mean, how did you just? managed to do that you know did you have any kind of background like seo did you know about websites and stuff no <laughs> no, no i knew nothing um how did I, you do it i just i just didn't consider that it was a thing i couldn't do i suppose i just cool. thought well that sounds good i'll just try and do that and it, it, the market wasn't as saturated then especially documentary photographers like how, how i was shooting even back then there was pretty much nobody in Manchester shooting that way. Right. So if anyone found me and, and I saw I didn't stand people on bridges and <laughs> bend them in weird positions, they would uh, stand out. Yeah, they, they would like, yeah, I'll book this guy. And that makes sense. I just, it just sort of snowballed pretty quickly. And I remember someone booked me once and uh, they said they nearly didn't book me because they thought I was too cheap. And I realized I need to put my prices up and take it a bit more seriously. And then that's yeah. good feedback to get, though, actually, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, no, I literally remember the moment where they said that. I was like, oh, I never even considered that that point of view. I just always thought, you know, like like some guests ask you at a wedding, like a thousand pounds for shooting a wedding day, that's a lot of money. And I, coming from it blind, I thought, yeah, a thousand pounds a day, that's okay. But then I, I sort of realized my worth a bit more and, and how much money goes into the job and how much time. Yeah, that's so true, isn't it? And so, so then, right from the beginning, you were shooting in that documentary way. And did you do that specifically for a reason? I, I mean, from listening to you talking, I don't think you were doing it purposefully to stand out. It was just the way that you wanted to do it. I guess you didn't yeah. feel the need like you needed to do it like everybody yeah. else was doing. Uh, like, I, 
I, I prefer that style of photography. Like Jeff Asker was the main guy shooting that way when I started. Mm-hmm. And um, to be honest, I think the main reason I shot like that is because I was so scared of posing people that I just didn't want to do it. And that's still probably a little bit the case. Is yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. I, I just like, well, in my head, if I just turn up and take pictures of whatever happens, then if the pictures aren't any good, that's not my fault. It's, mm-hmm. it's sort of what happened wasn't very good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, you know, and, and that's that's my viewpoint all along is I will I will shoot everything. I will I put everything into every weather. And there's lot I shoot a lot. There's, I don't stop moving. I don't stop shooting. I generally I've never really had any bad feedback from the pictures. But um, it's cool. I sort of find there's no pressure. I'm not worrying about what, what the weather's going to be like or that you never see me thinking, you know, oh, no, this bride and groom don't look how I want my couples to look. So how shall I shoot them? I shoot everyone the same mm-hmm. and I shoot every wedding the same. And that's, that's cool. There's so many benefits for that documentary approach that you're just outlining there. There really is. Yeah, it, it just makes my life. The only stress I have on a wedding day is traveling and I don't get stressed about anything else, really. Oh, the traveling. What what element of the traveling do you get stressed about? Well, like, like driving on the motorway and the, on the way there in the morning. Well, or yeah, something. just if there's like an accident or that, that moment where you go between bride prep and, and the ceremony. And you, I'm, I'm thinking if I go the wrong way or, or if I'm in an accident now, it's going to. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah the scary the scariest phrase in the english language is you have reached your destination you know <laughs> and, and, and the, the sat nav says that and you look around you're like there's no church here yeah it's like, oh, yeah. Man, well, I've, I've been to the wrong church before now because there's two churches in the village were the same now I, oh I've, no really what happened off. there I, I just well i just turned up to a church and there's nobody there and then like, <laughs> like blind panic and then the, like you, you just feel your heart drop don't you and that's funny i i on the reverse of that i i was at the church and i photographed you know like a family coming in you know ready because the ceremony was going to start in 10 minutes i photographed them and then like two minutes later they were ran back out because they'd gone to the wrong church (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i've had a few a couple of hairy moments like getting to weddings and with travel so i get that stress do you get nervous at all about shooting in general or not um maybe a little bit um like I, I suppose on the way i've got things on my mind and, and sometimes the night before when i'm getting my gear ready i, I might have a little bit of nerves or if i'm shooting like a really big wedding somewhere mm. i start to feel a bit of pressure but you, as soon as i say hello and get shooting i'm okay it's just that i don't really i'm not really a i'm quite shy really and i don't really i hate that thought of knocking on the door like hello i'm adam it just like makes me cringe of having to do that i'd rather just be teleported into it without anyone noticing that would be good wouldn't it that would be good <laughs> i'm like that as well i get nervous about that first little as you say that kind of greeting in the morning bit as well yeah. especially sometimes i can't i've not met the couple i don't know what the bride looks like as well yeah so. i've got a lot better over the year like, i don't feel it really as much the as i used to these days i used to be really nervous about anything um but i suppose when you've done it for 10 years and every weekend you, you realize that they're more nervous than you that's true. Uh, it's a good way. To they've think got bigger about things it. on the mind, so I think wouldn't worry what you're saying or doing. They're, they're like in the zone of getting married. That's true, and that's a good thing. Yeah, that is good. Yeah. Cool, man. This is great. I'm loving this. Let, let's let's change tack because um, I I read also on your bio, which is very handy to have when I'm <laughs> <laughs> researching people, um, that you watch way too much Netflix, which is great because um, yeah, I'm always looking. I'm looking for something new at the moment. So, any you got any recommendations? Oh, Netflix. Um, Are you more of a series or a film kind of yeah, person? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I do watch films on Netflix, but I usually find I've seen a lot of them already. 
So it's generally Laura and I put the kids to bed and we'll watch a series. We're watching um, Shit's Creek at the minute. Oh, yeah. We're on like the fourth series of that. It's yeah, we're, we're like somewhere like that. It was a lot better than I was expecting. Yeah. And it's like really easy watching and it's mm. 20 minutes an episode. It's kind of yeah. hit and miss, though, I find. Some episodes are really good and then some are just really bad, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we spend a lot of our time like hiding behind pillows, just cringing at the, the family <laughs> in there. Um, it's just like uh, we've been watching throughout lockdown loads of easy watching stuff like that like umbrella academy i've just started watching uh, oh, i've never seen that is that like super is it superhero stuff yeah yeah um it's it's, 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 it's all right like laura's not sold on it i don't mind it um but i'm generally like i will i watch most things i'll, I'll just watch the last dance the basketball documentary which was oh, i thought that was good. brilliant mm. um, i love that i'm pretty sure on here uh, you were chatting, it might have been to Ross uh, about Dark, so I watched Dark recently. Oh, did you like it? I love that's one of my it. most favourite things. Yeah, I loved it, yeah, like oh, we, were, we were really hooked on that, but I've never had a programme where I've had to pause it so often to say <laughs> what's going on, and like, I think I needed a pen and paper to watch that and make notes. <laughs> yeah, that's true, isn't it? Have you watched it all now as well? The yeah, 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 watched it all, yeah, really good. I yeah. recommend that to anybody. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I do as well. It's awesome. That's really cool. Did you watch it in German? Uh, yeah, with subtitles. Mm, yeah, it's cool. yeah, I did do German at school, but all I can remember is Ich habe kurzes glattes braunes Haar und braune Augen. Oh, yeah, I have shorts. Is it brown I hair? or black brown hair? hair and brown eyes. Uh, I don't think nice. I have hair anymore, so I can't even use that phrase now. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I did like a few German exchanges as a kid. Oh, so really? I, yeah. Did you ever do any exchanges? No, I, I literally signed up for the German at school because our t- it was the Euro 96 was on in the, the UK and the, the Germans uh, were um, training in Manchester oh. and the German teacher said, if you sign up to do this as your course, you can go and watch the German team train football. So I signed up to German. <laughs> that is a good reason to do it, though. <laughs> that must have been pretty cool to see them train. Uh, well, yeah, and it wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't very interesting, though. We just like stood in the crowd for a little bit in, in the stand and it was it wasn't what it was sold to me as <laughs> <laughs> i remember that time though of euro 96 going on that was a cool summer wasn't it that yeah was it cool. was yeah those are those are the days <laughs> right uh, let's go back to photography um i think it's fair to say that street photography is a big inspiration for you you do it regularly and you even you run workshops in it as well can you can you tell us about that you know why you think street photography can be great practice and inspiration for like shooting weddings as well yeah um well, I went to I went traveling to Vietnam with, with Laura when I first started doing some proper street photography, maybe or must be seven or eight years ago, maybe six or seven. And I'd, I'd done a little bit of beforehand in New York and stuff, but I really like really enjoyed how I was able to go to places and meet people that I wouldn't have done if I was just on holiday in somewhere like Vietnam. Okay. Um, I remember sitting with some builders on a building site, having a cup of tea, showing them pictures of my dog on my phone, and not understanding what anyone's saying, but just trying to like just have a cup of tea with the locals and stuff. And it's because I thought they'd make a cool picture uh, that, I, that I went over there. That's cool. They're probably yeah. saying, what is this strange man showing his photos of his dog on it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry. <laughs> they humoured me. Um, well, so I, I, I loved how it opened up seeing the country like that. And it, it was since having kids, it's been harder to do that whilst we were on like family holidays. Um, but I think it's as close as you can get to shooting documentary wedding photography without actually doing it um, because you can't pose anybody. You, you can't, you, you, it can teach you to look for light and to look for composition and, and to capture moments like instantly without thinking about it. 
Mm. And that and that they're the main things that I I've learned from shooting street really is I if I see something happen at a wedding I'm pretty sure if I've got like half a second I can capture it I'm always ready to get the shot and you need that a little bit in street photography because you know you're sat you're walking past and there's a guy at a bus stop with a, like a parrot on his head or or something weird happening and you just got to grab it before before you notice it off <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Have you got a photo of that or something, or is that just a totally random thing that you just thought of just then? I've got a, a photo of a, a guy with a, ki- a cat on his head. Uh, <laughs> I did get a picture. There was a picture of a, I got of one once, which is maybe what's, what happened subconsciously of a guy on the train with a parrot on his shoulder, but I didn't yeah. get it. But um, in the news yesterday, there was a guy in Manchester who was using a snake as a face mask on a bus, which made me <laughs> about it. Was that in Manchester? Was it? I saw the little thumbnail on BBC, but I didn't read the whole thing. Was yeah, it in Manchester? Yeah, in Manchester. And I, I, just, I just saw that. I thought, I wish I would have been on that bus to get that picture. Yeah, that's just <laughs> that's so surreal. That's so surreal. What yeah. about people like, you know, I think street photography appeals to a lot of people, but some of them will be just very nervous about the whole, well, the whole, all of it, you know, being on the street and photographing people. Have you got any kind of advice for that? I find it a lot easier when I'm not in the UK and I can appear to be a lot more of a tourist uh, and I go somewhere busy. So if you go to New York or you go to Vietnam, I, I frame things quite often as if I'm taking a picture of something behind them and I will look off into the distance behind a person and they don't have any idea that they're actually part of the frame. Um, and I shoot you like do that, that for weddings as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do that for weddings a lot. Um, I have a few little tricks and things that I do at weddings to try and not get to people to, to really interact with me okay what like um <laughs> so yeah like that I like shooting at the distance quite often i will shoot sideways on with the camera waist level okay. so if i see a group of three or four people sat on a sofa chatting away and i think that's an interesting composition as soon as i head over to them and bring my camera to my eye they they just like smile at me or, or or just feel uncomfortable so i would stand adjacent to them looking looking the other way the camera to the side looking at the screen they just think I'm fiddling with my settings and don't know what I'm doing which is sometimes the case <laughs> and um, and, I, and I just shoot and I just keep going um that's a great tip that's a um great tip. Mm-hmm. I just smiling is like a really good if they do make contact with me I just like smile and and just chat to them and usually they just keep on you know doing what they're doing mm. um and but, but revert, I, I sort of have to I suppose judge the person in the situation that there are sometimes where I just I don't even make eye contact with someone. I just look at my screen and you see like an old, an old dude with a, a cigarette in his mouth, looking up, looking at you grumpily, like go away. And I just hold my ground. I give them a smile. Then I just look back at my screen and wait for them to relax again and just carry on doing what they were doing and then get the shot. That's great advice as well. Um, mm. Yeah. I, that's the sort of thing I suppose I do. Um, that's cool, and, man. Yeah. I just it's so it's so, I love it's so interesting. I love hearing about different techniques like that. I think I think it's really cool. Um, and, and you do your street photography workshops as well. Um, yeah, that that must be fun. I guess you like educating people. Um, yeah. yeah. How, how long yeah. Have you been doing that? Um, well, I've been the street. My street ones are usually just sort of one-offs that I do in Manchester, just as and when. Um, okay. I have like a bit of a. Some people email me sometimes on my website to sort of sign up to know when I'm doing one. And generally, when I've got a few people have asked me, then I'll just do something for five or six people in Manchester. Oh, that's cool. Um, I run, I was, I run like a, a little wedding workshop for a separate company in London, um, which I was doing a couple of days ago. Which is generally that's aimed at beginners, and I quite enjoy teaching those because it, it sort of, 
talking about how you shoot like now sort of makes you evaluate a little bit more why you shoot like that and how you shoot and That's i quite enjoy that, that that selfish reason really did you uh, do one just recently like a couple of days ago then yeah 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 tuesday in london so usually there's about 12 people on so there was just five people on the course um and it was a little bit hard because i quite often they're just starting out in photography they maybe don't know the settings on their cameras properly and it blows their mind when I tell them to shoot at high ISOs, and I couldn't, right. I couldn't really help them change their settings on their cameras and go near them. Oh yeah, that must have been weird. Yeah. So yeah, I was like trying to like leave your camera on the table or come and have a look at it and and try and figure it out. Um, but it's good. It's good fun. It's like I, I literally have to talk straight at one point for four hours, and it it takes it that that, that makes me appreciate teachers a bit more because it takes it out of me completely. I totally get that. Talking does just it takes it out of me as well. I lose my voice so easily. Yeah, well. yeah, but yeah, it's it's good fun and um, yeah, I, I enjoy it. That's cool, man. That's cool. And one of one of your specific repertoires, you I can't even say the word. It's the name of the business. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> that is a massive fail. So check out your t-shirt and see how you spell it. <laughs> one of your specific reportage awards that i love um is a woman looking in the mirror and she's like flanked either side by like two paintings they look like paintings thing and it it looks like that the mirror image of the woman looks to be like another painting you know um you yeah. know the one i'm talking about yeah it's such a clever observational caption man i love the the kind of repetition and humor in it can you tell us about that yeah like i, I know which one you mean and like like for me I, I like the shot, but it's, like, it's not a favourite of mine at all because it just seems such an obvious picture when when you're at the venue. Uh, but um, so many people, I didn't, I don't think, would see that that even an opportunity to capture it like that, man. Yeah, maybe. I'd, well, I I'd basically like at the top of the. If I'm thinking of the the picture at the top of the frame, there's like um, I think it's like a pool a, a pool table like light or snooker table light. So I was I shoot I shot that like on an 85, so I was a bit further away, and okay. I'd noticed these two paintings. Uh, in, this is bride prep in the morning and uh, it was the room next to where the girls were getting ready. It was in France and um, I was just basically kept my eye on it all morning until someone went to the went to the mirror and had a look at themselves. Um, that's one of the bridesmaids, I think. Ideally, it would have been the bride and her dress looking. It might have been, it might have been more interesting. I'm not sure. But <laughs> I just, yeah. That's great. It doesn't need to be the bride, though. I, think that's like, no, I love the way no. that you saw the opportunity beforehand and you were keeping your eye on, like, kind of using that as the compositional element. I think that's really cool. Yeah, and that's something that I, I do all the time. And I sometimes try and I'll, I will test an element that I see in the, and I'll get a shot, but it's I know I could get a better shot. So I'll just keep me on it for the rest of the day and keep looking out for something more interesting to happen. Mm. That's good, yeah. great advice as well. So that, that wedding was in France, like the way you just drop that in casually in there. <laughs> <laughs> do you do many destinations? Uh, well, I've done, I've done quite a few the last few years. I, I shot a wedding in France like maybe four years ago, and it was a French bride and an, an Irish groom, and it was at like um, their family village in France. But since then, I've shot quite a few, like the sister's wedding and a friend's wedding, and a uh, the bizarre thing is they're like all 100% in French. So I'm not oh, really wow. a clue what's going on half the time. Oh, that is surreal. Yeah, yeah. that's different. Well, they know how to party. Like the, the French, like they go for it till like five in the morning. So I really enjoy it. Oh, cool. Do you stay that long? Yeah, you, I have different packages, really. Um, but usually when I shoot abroad, I stay as long as as long as they want me. And generally the, those weddings don't start till the, the ceremony is not till three o'clock or so. 
Right, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, to be honest, I've usually had a few drinks by then as well, and I just have a <laughs> few drinks with them and then get on a, on a coach on with the guests at the end of the night and uh, happy days. Yeah. That's cool, isn't it? I and mean, it's different for destinations. So I'm like you there. So I mean, I don't drink at all in like UK weddings, but destinations when you're there with them and you're not driving in the evening. Yeah, I do have yeah. a few drinks and it's it's really nice to be able to party with them. As yeah, well. yeah. Some of my best dancing shots I think I've got when I've been a, probably the wrong side of tipsy <laughs> um, and I'm just on the dance floor, like shooting wide open and, and I've, I've got like, you know, no restraints no inhibitions in terms of like i'm just going to get in there and shoot it and mm. you know the next morning I, I hardly remember taking some of the frames <laughs> i totally get that i totally get it it's a shame we can't really advise that as some people doing every weekend but <laughs> well, it's no, really no. good yeah. well one of the the time that i'm thinking of that I did that i, I was i the uh, i'd shot the wedding of the the bride's sister the year before and the, the bride and groom from my previous year were just plying me with drinks and I was like trying not to drink, and I I wasn't like so as wasted as I can get. Um, I was definitely still with it. I knew where my cameras were, but uh, yeah, just a, two or three drinks is probably the, the right level. I like the way early, earlier on you said the wrong side of tipsy. That the wrong side of tipsy is the sober side, though. Surely, that's the wrong. <laughs> well, that's yeah, the I suppose it's your point of view. <laughs> okay let's 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 change the subject though i like oh, oh no but oh yeah it reminded me though i did i did a wedding in france and the um the wedding planner is french and she was called like a double barrel first name her name is anne law like l-a-u-r-e oh, wow. so like so that's but it's so similar to my name you know i'm alan law so the whole yeah. day everyone was going and law and law and i just <laughs> and they, I, I i just thought they were talking to me and they weren't but anyway but yeah not a very interesting story but anyway um yeah so adam i like this question when you've reached old age um and you're looking back at your life what would you like to think about the life you've led oh man um i think firstly i'd like to be i'd be happy i'd just be happy to get to old age to be honest (laughs) that's true yeah i'd be be grateful for that i'd I'd, i don't think there'd be much on the business side it'd be all about like i just like kids that were like normal maybe normal is not the right word but fulfilled and I, and I felt like I'd done my job there and I, and I hadn't wasted my time doing doing pointless things and I, I enjoyed myself and mm. I suppose that when when the, my forensic lab shut we we'd let people come in and chat to us and 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 speak to us about what you want to do with your life and they were trying to encourage us to think outside that career box and just do something you enjoy and you love doing so that you don't feel like you go to work and that's and that's cool that's why I've done this and I, I've I've never had the feeling of you know when you come back off holiday of oh man I've got to go back to work on Monday I've never had that feeling in in like 10 years that's and so cool. um, and I, I just I just want to want to keep doing that really and and not do things because I'm scared of doing them I suppose that's great man that's and that's really 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 yeah great do you and do you think about you know the future like whether you still be shooting weddings in like 10 15 years time and stuff every now and again when when i feel like i'm not going to book into the next year i go into a panic of what we're going to do if i have to get a real job Mm. Uh, but generally uh, to my wife's annoyance probably i don't really think about the future or money or anything that much Mm. i um like i say i'll just be happy to get to old age and then i'll figure it out then so I think that's a good way of leading life, though. Well, yeah, well, and, and things, you know, things do come along. Like I've, I've had some commercial opportunities come along and, and and I'm doing some portraits now and you don't know where it will be in 10 years. It could be that, you know, photography's, 
you know, gone out of the window for weddings in 10 years because, you know, everyone's got implants in their eyes that take pictures and most people don't want it. <laughs> no idea. So I just don't, I don't see the point in, in worrying about it. I wish I would. I wish I had a plan. I know some people have a, a secondary skill and a, and a plan, but the only thing I like doing is doing things like DIY and woodwork and stuff around the house. But well, in 10 make, years that's time, a skill. Yeah, in 10 years time, I'll be too old for that as well. <laughs> <laughs> so my, I think I have to train one of my children up to do something that makes a lot of money and see if they can sustain me. That's true. That would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would definitely <laughs> be good. No, but I think, the, you're, I mean, you're such a positive um, character. And so during this whole COVID times, you know, obviously we we have colleagues and I mean, you must have experienced it as well. Some of our colleagues have just going through such an awful time. And it's, I mean, it's awful for for all of us. But have you never had, you know, had a dip during this time or anything? Have you always felt quite, you know, positive and hopeful about it all? Yeah, like, the money worried me at first, but luckily for me, Laura is like, she's self-employed, works from home, and she's been really busy with work. Oh, so, cool. What does like, she do? Um, pharmaceutical research marketing type oh, job. Right. <laughs> um, cool. Sounds she, she, like, she, she went, after she left the forensics, she went and did a science degree, and she's like very clever and science, science-y, and she just, yeah, she basically goes in the office, makes some money, and I play with the kids, and... Um, <laughs> And I, feel, I felt really bad over the summer. You know, we were playing outside and she's had to work. And she, without her having that job, then I would have probably been in a different mindset because mm. she's, she's paid the mortgage and stuff for us. And right, I, yeah. just, I just cooked the tea. <laughs> oh, yeah, I read that, actually. I was also on your um, about bit, how you're the cook, you're the chef of the family. Yeah, have you always yeah. been the chef? Yeah, well, I, I couldn't cook when, really when we first met. I remember Laura showed me how to cut up a red pepper. And like, <laughs> I, I never, you know, food like like eating fresh food like that had never really been what I'd, what I'd done when I was younger it was just chips and chicken nuggets and stuff I suppose Ooh, I like that though That's oh great. yeah well, uh, yeah <laughs> I do as well but I like a nice homemade like pad thai or or something what else what is that what is that I don't even know what that is you know what pad thai is no like a, a thai food like noodles um tamarind paste and so it starts with prawns or chicken oh, that, you make do you make that from scratch yeah yeah, yeah. It's, 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 you can make that in like half an hour. Um, That's good. What else do you make? Well, I've got like a, a, a like a big ceramic barbecue, so I do lots of slow cook stuff on there. So it's you can burn you can burn fuel for like eleven twelve hours. So I used to come home from a wedding and I put a piece of brisket on the barbecue, and then the next afternoon you'll have like pulled beef oh, uh, to have for your dinner. And I used to do stuff like that. That's um, so good, man. Oh, I'm yeah. making you really hungry as well. This is like just before <laughs> lunchtime, isn't it? Let's see, that's another skill you have. You could be like a chef, like DIY, man. You've got loads of skills. Well, yeah, but I don't know. I, I'll think about that. But I highly recommend just getting like a Jamie Oliver, like he's got some really easy books and doing some of them recipes because it's just, I used to just come home from work when I was at a friend's, it's get a glass of wine and cook something and put some music on loud and just enjoy doing it. That's cool. It's cool that you enjoy it. I think that's that's yeah. really you know, the, boy, I, the boys I, enjoy it as well. Oh, what cooking? Yeah, they they always love helping out, and it helps them with their eating and stuff. I think. Oh, that's true. You know, yeah, because that's a really picky. So does that make yeah getting them involved maybe in the cooking? Does that yeah, help in that? It definitely yeah. helps. Like slicing up some red pepper, and then like Lev, our youngest, used to be terrible at eating, but now he's like, "Can I try it?" And then he'll just try it, and oh, uh, yeah, that's, that's a great family tip, man. That is. <laughs> 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 get cooking alan 
<laughs> no, see, I, see, ironically, I do do the cooking in our house, but I, I have like just set kind of really easy meals that I do. <laughs> so nothing like that from scratch. I should get into it more. You have the boxes like HelloFresh and stuff. Give them one ever try because it takes a lot of the work out for oh, you. Okay. Yeah, I should too. Cool. I'm going to get on it. Yeah, sorry. That was <laughs> <laughs> no, good. I love that. Um, you've won, let's go back to your photography. You've won 15, I think it is, awards from us. It's eight reptiles, seven stories, which is amazing. Um, proper consistency, too, because that's almost an equal split between the singles and stories. So, yeah, what's the secret, man? What is the, <laughs> what is the key to capturing great individual moments, but also complete stories? I know that's a big question, but just, yeah, just what is, what is the secret? Be so good, documentary uh, photographer. <laughs> Um, oh man, um, <laughs> no, let's drop you in it. I know I love that. Yeah, <laughs> like the, the document, I think for me, the, the main moment, I'm, I'm always shooting the story for the couple, and then sometimes the moments, especially the ones that, that would win awards, are more for me, right? Um, if that makes sense, I'm always the reception part of the wedding, and sometimes the, like the, the prep, I, I, I get my shots that tell the story. And then I will then be looking at shots that I'm shooting for me. And then sometimes they're, you know, ones that will get you, but will win an award because they're a bit different maybe. And, and you're not, you're not, it's easy to delete pictures because somebody doesn't look good or because, or or not even shoot a picture because you don't think it's interesting for the bride and groom. But that's why I shoot as, and I tell couples, I shoot as much for me as I do for them. And I suppose that's what my individual stories are sometimes. And they do obviously fit into the story as well. and, And sometimes you know some of the nicest ones from the story but i shoot a lot for for that reason i suppose i think that's great and do you actually say that to your couples beforehand then that you shoot you know for you as yeah, well as them yeah, yeah. well and, and most appreciate that because they i, I and i and i i think i have if i didn't if i didn't shoot for me i'd be i would don't think i'd still be shooting weddings now because you'd fall out of love with it wouldn't yeah you? They, can, they can be repetitive um they could be what repetitive it's <laughs> a bad dad joke sorry i just got you to say <laughs> oh god sorry <laughs> i don't do dad jokes i i'm a cool dad alan <laughs> <laughs> no sorry yeah interrupt you again sorry i keep interrupting you uh, no no so yeah i think shooting for yourself as much as anything is important and i suppose the individual awards i just put them i just put your website up and had a look at which ones have won and for, i suppose sometimes it's about for the individual awards it's as much about shooting what's not in the frame as what's in the frame. Um, like a, there's one here that I'm looking at, and there's a guy on his hands and knees, and he's got a belt around his neck, and he's oh, like, yeah. I know and he looks like a dog being taken for a walk or something. And I, I got loads of frames from that from that moment. So when I see a moment um, or something that might be interesting, I don't just get a few shots and leave. I just work that until it's probably died down, or I feel like I've had enough, or I've got the shot. Right, okay. Um, and that was two rugby players who devised a game where they tied their their belts together. They'd taken off, put them on their heads, and then did like some sort of wrestling match where they had to try and pull it off each other's heads while they were on their hands and knees. As you do, as you uh, do. Yeah, <laughs> I thought, yeah. Like two bulls, like just pulling against each other's belts. And um, I've got loads of shots of that, but I thought it was a bit more interesting to try and exclude one of the guys and to try and show it just make people think what the hell's going on there yeah and, I, and that's the type of images i sometimes like getting is what the hell's going on there and, and that's how i sh- shoot street i suppose so thinking a little bit of excluding stuff from your frame to make it look a little bit more abstract can definitely work for single images that's a great tip great tip 
Mm. I think your a lot of your kind of reportage awards, your individual ones, seem to be really just really good different and different like observational captures. Like that one, haven't you got one where it's like um, it looks like someone's got horns, like a silhouette of a horns against like a, a wedding sign. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people want to even see that. You know, how do you see that? Just look, I suppose. Like <laughs> that, that wedding got a story award, I think, Lisa and Pete's, and it was a wedding that was just full of moments like that it just all seemed to click in it like a street sort of shooting type of way that day and they were really like relaxed crowd and I, I basically that's like the order of the day like board and it was in really nice light from the evening and I noticed someone walked to the bar and there's an, and a silhouette went past the, the board and I only stayed there for like a minute and I thought I'll see if someone else walks past it might be an interesting picture and then yeah a guy with viking horns walked past <laughs> and um I, I, just, I just managed to grab it uh, um, so and clever. that's the the benefit of shooting, I shoot with Sony's like you do, and because I shoot on the back of the screen, you can really quickly change your composition, hold the camera a bit higher to to make mm. sure that whole silhouette's on the board. Whereas shooting from the eye, it's, it's so much harder to do that. That's so true. Yeah. When did you move to Sony then? Um, not long after the A9 was released, whenever that was. So two years, years huh? ago, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Years ago. What were you shooting before then? I've shot like literally with every camera brand going. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I was shooting at the time. I mixed. I was probably shooting just Fuji before then, and then I've oh. shot with Nikon's. I've shot with Canons. I've shot with just Leicas. Oh wow! On um, a mixture of all them, and I was shooting Leica and Sony for a while together, and then but I just decided to simplify it, and I pretty much just used the Leica, uh, the Sonys now. Uh, okay, they're great. A nine or A seven or one of each. I've got. Oh, cool. Mm. They are great cameras, though, aren't they? They're great. Yeah, yeah. They're... When I do the, the course that I was doing in London, everyone's there with the SLRs, and they've just bought to get into wedding photography. I'm like, oh, you bought the wrong cameras. <laughs> you need something mirrorless because it makes your life so much easier. <laughs> yeah, it does, doesn't it? That whole that whole WYSIWYG element, you know, what you see, what you get. It's so good. I just yeah, that. yeah. And you, you can't get the exposure wrong. You can, mm-hmm. your frame is so much easier. You can get close to people's faces without intruding on them. Like, yes. You know, your eyes next to someone doing bride prep is a bit weird, but mm. just hold your arm out. It's it's so much easier. Yeah, that's so true. I shoot a hundred percent just using the screen. I never bring yeah. it to my eye anymore. It's Same, yeah. Mm. I've done. I did that with with my um, Fujis for for a few years as well. So I've sort of always shot that way for the last five or six years, maybe. Okay, cool. It was a big change for me because I went from like Canon five D three two years ago to the Sony A nine. Oh, wow. A big change, and a, 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 yeah, I've really, I've really enjoyed that change. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it, it does help. I think get better, better documentary shots. Yeah, to alone helps you get better shots. Oh, totally, totally agree. And do, do you shoot solo for your weddings? By the way, do you have seconds or what? No, no, I, I virtually always second. The only uh, on my own. The only time I've had a second is when Laura was pregnant, and uh, someone came along and shot with me just in case I had to to mm. run away. That makes sense. And what's your decision? The same as me. So I only ever shot on my own. Why for you? Why do you shoot on your own rather than having seconds? Um, I suppose I I think gen- that a lot of people choose me me to shoot their wedding because I don't see the same as everybody else, and I think that's how everyone should sell themselves. And so I don't think I don't think a second photographer will ever see the same way as you. Um, and I just I'm just quite a solitary person when I shoot I like to I don't really speak to anybody unless they speak to me yeah, I just, I'm the same <laughs> I get, get on with things and I don't want to have to make small chat with a second photographer or worry about <laughs> what they're doing or and I, and I sort of 
I do, I do everything myself, all my editing, all my calling. I don't really trust anyone else, I suppose. Oh, yeah, I get that. And I mean, I have so many thousands of my awful images to look at. I, I can't imagine looking at someone else's as well to call. Yeah, through. yeah. And I have had, I had, I had someone second shoot with me once for a big Jewish wedding I did a few years ago, but he was an amazing photographer and I was quite jealous, jealous of his pictures, actually. <laughs> That's funny. Do you ever do you ever get you know couples who uh, uh, looking to book you, and they ask or they're interested in getting a second photographer? You know, do, do you, what do you say to them as the reasons why? Do you, do you say uh, just what you've said to me, or do you yeah, ever... pretty much. I, I generally say that I feel like I blend in a lot better on my own, and mm. um, that there's not really unless logistically they really want pictures of groom prep. There's not much I can't shoot that two people can shoot. Yeah. Um, I'm really jealous of people that do shoot as a duo all the time because I think they can really push the boundaries of getting interested images at moments where a single shooter feels obliged to get the standard confetti shot. They can think of like a really different angle. And that's true. Mm. And that, that's the main thing. I would prefer to be a second shooter for someone where they said to me, right, you just go and get like the non-normal shots. And I, I would like to do that. Have you ever, have you done that much seconding for? I, I've, I've, I've shot for a, another photographer once because, um, Somebody was ill, and I I stepped in and was like the, their second shooter. They shot in a duo, okay. Um, so I that's the only time I've ever shot seen any another photographer work really. Mm. I've only done it once as well. That's a weird coincidence there. Very similar. <laughs> that. I've only done yeah. it once. Um, I did it with James Rouse in London uh, oh, about, okay. about five years ago. Now it was just really fun. It was really oh, fun. Oh, yeah, anything with James is going to be good fun, isn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. It was really good fun. It was. Um, have you? I like this question. Have you made any memorable or really memorable mistakes? Oh, um, doesn't have to be wedding; could be life, but wedding. Wedding, well, weddings. I, I remember in probably my second year, I um, I always call the bride and the bride the, the day before the wedding to just say like, I'm, I'm, you know, reassure them I'm on my way tomorrow, and uh, make sure the addresses are right, and just say good luck for tomorrow. I I rang a bride. And said, like, you know, I'm just, just checking in to see if everything's okay. Just let you know I'll be there around uh, 11 o'clock. And then she said, like, oh, do you want a bacon butty? And, and the way she said it is, like, do you want a bacon butty now? And I was like, uh, no, okay, thank you. And and then it just clicked that the, the wedding was that day. <gasps> oh, um, and I'd got the date wrong somewhere in my system. It was on my phone as the wrong date that I've been oh. going off. I went to find my paper, my paperwork because I did everything in paper back then. And it was like, oh my God, the wedding is today. And I've never felt the feeling like that of my oh, heart oh. dropping. And I literally just grabbed a shirt and some trousers, threw them on, grabbed my bags, which luckily were charged, and legged it out. And <laughs> I got there about 45 minute drive and just pretended nothing had happened. I got there just about on time, maybe a few minutes late. <laughs> oh, wow. And nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's an amazing story man that's giving me kind of almost sweats i think listening to oh, that though that oh, is that the oh, photographer's worst nightmare so, so, yeah now i have i ring them two days before now and then i always <laughs> say like i'll see you on saturday and i make sure i say the day and i have things on my phone on i have a, a separate spreadsheet on my laptop and i have everything in paper and if anyone's ever wanted to be really mean to me if i'm not working on a saturday just ring me up on an unknown number and i'll oh, yeah i'll die <laughs> i love that man that's really funny it's a great story <laughs> um what advice adam would you give 
for people who have been shooting for years, you know, because I mean, you've been doing it quite a long time now, 10 years. I started in like 2012, 2013. So it's quite long now as well. Yeah. So maybe people who have been shooting, you know, five, six, seven years who are maybe, you know, for whatever reason, maybe not that happy with how their career is or what their work is like. I don't know. Do you have any tips for people who've been doing it quite a while? I think in my head, if you feel, if you're feeling like that, it may be a case of you've, there's, I suppose there's so many reasons you could be feeling like that, either shooting too much or shooting what you're not enjoying, I guess, are the main reasons. I think, like I said before, anyone who's not enjoying shooting are probably not shooting enough for themselves. And if, if you are shooting for yourself and, and you're just not enjoying it, then it, I'd probably say I'd be just reduce the number of weddings and looking for something else to do, which isn't very helpful. Oh, it makes sense, but though. Mm. I think... Like I said before, I think you should always do something you enjoy doing. I, I'm, I don't think there's a magic way to start enjoying photography again, other than shooting for yourself and maybe trying out a completely different style. And I do think it's about the mindset of, like I, I like I said, I don't really feel the pressure of wedding days too much because in my head, I'm just going to, and I do say to couples, you just have the best day of your lives and I'll take some pictures of it. And that's and that's all there is to what I do. That's cool. And, and that's why I say to everyone who, when 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 they want to inquire about booking me and when we have a chat and if that's in your head you can then just let them enjoy the day you enjoy your day and don't worry about getting pictures of every single person at the guest and 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 make sure you focus on getting some nice ones of the key people but just if you enjoy the day and the story and the moments you'll your pictures should show that and hopefully you'll start to enjoy a bit more and mm. it's not about shooting abroad or or shooting amazing weddings it's just so what some of my favorite pictures have been from weddings at cricket clubs and and if you look at people like martin parr that and the, the type of pictures they take they can be so interesting and i, I would I, that's how i approach it looking for the interesting moments in anything that happens i think that's great yeah that's great man really really yeah great it's so i really enjoyed talking to you <laughs> no, sorry i'm rambling a little bit <laughs> no you're not at all it's absolutely perfect it's great it's great man do um do you have a particular piece of software or app or anything that you couldn't do without um probably netflix <laughs> when, <laughs> when, I, when i edit i, I watch i have netflix on the other screen oh, uh, dear, yeah <laughs> I, I i just a standard i i've the last couple of years, I've started using Lightroom on my iPad a little bit. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah. Is that work okay? Is it? Yeah, yeah. I've got an iPad Pro, and, like, I have sometimes have been editing weddings while the kids are in the bath, and I'm just, I just, you know, just straightening, and nothing too crazy, just straightening and culling some of the, the images, and I find that a really easy way to just sit on the sofa and do a little bit of work sometimes. And, uh, okay. and is that I'll like check... using smart previews, is it, or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you just import smart previews onto it. And it all syncs to your to your desktop. So then all your changes sync over. And then I just usually check through the files on my desktop before I export them. Mm. Uh, and it's a really good way to – I call in Photo Mechanic and then edit a selection in Lightroom, but I still then will call maybe 100 out. Right, during okay. Lightroom and, in Lightroom on the mobile, it's really easy to just like swipe to give things a, a negative, like a negative flag, and then it's really nice on the big screen to swipe through your images and and then just giving negatives to ones you're not sure about. Uh, that's a good tip. I might try that because we've we've just got a pro that was just given to us by my wife's dad for some yeah. reason. I don't know why, which is nice. Yeah. I, mean, I should give it a go. It, it takes a little a little bit to get used to, but they've improved it loads over the last couple of years. You can do pretty much everything you can do on Lightroom desktop. Okay. Is it quite quick? I guess it's quite powerful. Yeah, yeah, it's really quick. There's no delays waiting for the next image to come up or the changes. Um, 
you just have to sync all the images at the beginning, have enough room on your iPad, mm. and then and then yeah, it syncs all in the cloud because we're all on these cloud-based subscriptions now. So yeah, that's true. Oh, I'll give it a go. Then that is a good tip, actually. <laughs> um, Adam, have you ever met or photographed anyone famous? Not really. Um, when I was maybe like eight, I was in London and, and I saw Sylvester Stallone. That was probably the highlight of my life. Oh, wow. That is cool, though. Yeah. He was at Planet How did you Hollywood. see him? Oh, Hollywood in, in oh. London. He, like, he, they used to own it with like Arnie or something. And um, I was just, I remember being there and like he just walked past us and that was like the, the best thing. That's, that's like the most famous person I've probably ever seen. That is very cool. Well, yeah. that, I don't think you get much more famous than, than well, yeah. that. I've shot a few weddings where there's been guests who are from reality shows and stuff, but I literally have no idea who they are, and I didn't know which ones they were. Oh, really? Okay. Well, like Big Brother and stuff? Have you... Like, yeah, stuff like that. Or And there was one where there was loads of them from one of the, um, like, Only Way Is Somewhere or Other, okay. uh, or Geordie Shore or something like that. Um, and I, I didn't know who any of them were, to be honest, but other people were finding them famous. Oh, that's cool, though. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um look okay i like this question as well looking back at life or business or both are there things you would have done differently um any question that i forget what i do anything differently the answer is generally no i can i get that sense about you and i like that though that's cool. yeah because i'm happy with where i am and i don't think there's any point regretting anything too much i'm sure the you know if i could go back in time and invest shares in in something amazing and have loads of money i'd, I'd be happy but I'm I'm generally like no I don't really I don't think I think life's too short for regrets and I just you know if I wouldn't have one day opened the newspaper and just happened to find a dog a job on being a forensic scientist I would never have applied for that and I'd be I'd be probably you know doing some really random job somewhere else now and yeah, all the moments that you don't what you would have been doing I, I yeah I've no I've no idea I'd, I'd probably homeless or something <laughs> um I've no I've no idea and that's that's why I don't, I'm, I'm, even if I, even if all my life went completely wrong in five years time, then I'm still happy with where I am now and, and what I've done. So I'm, I'm happy. That's such a great outlook on life again. Yeah, it is, man. You just seem, you just, you're very sorted. You really are. I love it. It's <laughs> no, great. You should see me when it was lockdown and the kids were driving me insane. <laughs> um, I think I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Do you do you arrive at a wedding with a certain goal in mind? Just to let them have fun, and 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 the wedding day should be exactly the same if I was or wasn't there, and that's, that's cool. and that's what again what I say to couples, and 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 that's it. And just to, I don't really analyze what I've taken. I don't even I don't ever look at the shots when I'm shooting. I don't ever look at them after the wedding day, apart from quickly getting a preview shot to them uh, until maybe four weeks later. I just. I live in that moment of shooting. I forget what I've shot, and um, I just try and live in that moment of shooting. Really, it's great. It's, it's good advice as well. I think people are going to get so much from listening to this, man. It's honestly, it's so cool. <laughs> um, right, I'm going to get asked one more question because we this has gone well. Yeah, nearly an hour. Ready? It's felt like about 15 minutes. <laughs> no, it's don't you apologise. It's great. I've loved it. I loved it. Um, has there been, well, actually, it might be the last question. It depends what your what your answer is, actually. If there's, if you just say no, then we might ask another question. But <laughs> <laughs> has there been a specific turning point in your career at all? You know, something, perhaps a certain wedding or award or anything that has had kind of like a major impact on, on your career? Um, so probably my first year of shooting, maybe. I, 
Remember, I said, uh, like, Jeff Asker is one of the only ones doing documentary photography like, back in the day I started. Mm-hmm. And I went I went on the only course I've ever really been on. I went on his course, and I met some other photographers there that who I'm still, like, really good mates with, like, today. And oh, I, cool. and that's probably, like, the best thing that happened to me at that time because you know, I've like, gone on street photography trips with these people and, you know, gone for, like, um, crazy nights out over the years with them and, and learned so much about the business from, from other people that were at a similar stage of their career. Um, and nothing – when I started, nothing – there was no social side to photography, I don't think, really. Unlike now, these conferences and, and stuff you can go to and you can get that. And that really helped me learn and, and see that other people were making the same mistakes as me and having the same worries and the same problems. Um, so just going on that course, literally for meeting some people, was one of the, the best things that I did. That's cool. Mm, I totally get that and and similar for me as well I remember my first workshop and meeting people because it's it isn't a kind of lonely industry without that really yeah I I really got that after I left my job my office I mean, my job at the office job where I was at the you know sitting at a desk all the time by the, the point I left and having banter with everybody every day and then you come at home and you you know you just sit at your, your desk at home and you don't see anybody and you Laura would come home from work and I'm like a puppy like not seeing anybody all day <laughs> yeah um but yeah so it, it is it is nice to have them connections yeah definitely it really really is one of the best things about workshops in general i think obviously you learn stuff as well if you go to good ones but yeah, yeah, yeah. just meeting people so so good yeah, ah man thank you so much for that i really enjoyed it i laughed so much in that episode. <laughs> no thank you yeah and hopefully it's not too much rubbish that I'm on about but no that was gold people I think are going to learn I learn loads from that I think people will as well and just find it so interesting and you're you've got such a just a great outlook on life as well man I think it's just awesome no it's it's nice to chat to you and I've I've listened to many of your podcasts while walking my dog so I'll definitely give this one but uh... no you've got to listen to it man no way If anyone now is, you know, walking their dog and listening to this, do head to the site. This is reportage.com. I'll include link, uh, links to Adam's uh, website and those. We spoke about a few different uh, specific awards of yours in that. So I'll include them in the post as well. And man, hopefully I'll get to see you again in the flesh sometime. Don't know when that'll be, but hopefully sometime. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I think the last time was the This Is Reportage party last year. So one of the last yes. parties we, I went to. So I'm looking forward to another one in the future sometime. Oh, yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That was fun. That was fun. It was, yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, uh, See you later, man. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye. You've been listening to the 47th episode of the This Is Reportage podcast. I laughed so much chatting to Adam. Really enjoyed it. And he shared so much there too. Hope you enjoyed listening. We have 46 other episodes of the podcast released with photographers such as Eve Sieppers, Nicole Asteris, The Framers, Sam Docker, Rocio Vega, and many more too. And keep an ear out for our upcoming 50th episode, as we're going to do a special episode for that, which may include a giveaway too. Remember, you can now ask Alexa for the This Is Reportage podcast, so it's never been easier to tune in to the latest episode. If you're not yet a member of TIR, check out all the benefits of joining us, including an unlimited number of images on your profile, 60 Reportage Award and 18 Story Award entries per year, invites to our physical meetups and parties, when they can happen of course, exclusive discounts, over 17 hours of educational videos featuring tips and advice from some of the world's best photographers with more videos added regularly and much more too. 
We've also recently launched our sister site for documentary family photography. This is Reportage Family, which has lots of great benefits too. No poses, nothing staged. This is Reportage. And this is bye for now. Thank you.